0: a lot of NFT projects likely won't provide much utility sort of like moving forward. They might provide access, but I have a feeling that like the upcoming meta might be utility consolidation because during the bull run, I think a lot of projects focused on doing all sorts of utility, right? And not really having like kind of like focused, utility but i think i think that people or that nft projects and the founders will start to focus on the things that they're actually good at
1: hi everyone i'm rachel wolfson the host and founder of web3 deep dive podcast web3 deep dive podcast focuses on real world web3 use cases to help you better understand how web3 is being applied today and how it may be leveraged in the future If this sounds interesting, I encourage you to subscribe, like, and share the content that you're seeing today to help spread the word about Web3. I also wanna take this time to thank the sponsors behind Web3 Deep Dive Podcast. Worsta is producing Web3 Deep Dive Podcast and is a global technology consultancy agency with headquarters in Austin, Texas and Quito, Ecuador. Worsta works with enterprises to help them make better technology decisions for their businesses. I also wanna take the time to thank Banksa. Banksa is a leading crypto infrastructure payments provider. Be sure to check out Banksa for your Web3 project today. And without further ado, let's get started with Web3 Deep Dive. In this episode, I'll be interviewing Jamison Hill. Jamison is the founder and creator of the NFT artwork project, Shells Orb. Without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Jameson how's it
0: going? Hi Rachel I'm doing great how are you doing?
1: Good I'm doing great thanks uh, for joining us here in Austin at the Web3 Deep Dive studio.
0: No thanks thanks for having me uh I need an excuse to come to Austin I, I love this place.
1: Yeah don't we all?
0: Uh yeah absolutely I mean do you?
1: Yeah well I mean I live here now. Right. Now.
0: Right. Right. Today.
1: Today. Today I live in
0: Austin. Tomorrow to- I could live in, tomorrow. you know,
1: Afghanistan. What are,
0: what are the options, right? Like Miami. Miami. My, dude, Miami's good.
1: Yeah, Miami's Not good.
0: right now, though. It's too hot.
1: Right, but Austin's pretty warm.
0: Austin's pretty warm. You, you know, I, ideally you go north for the summer, right? Right. You hang out in like Wyoming.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, with Caitlin Long.
0: Yeah, Caitlin Long. I don't know who that is, okay. but, you know, if- there's one person up there to hang out with. That'd one be great. Crypto
1: person, yeah. yeah,
0: one crypto person. Yeah, yeah. we go visit her.
1: Exactly. And it's cool up there. Yeah, um, cool. Okay, so Jameson, <laughs> Jameson, you are the creator and founder of Shells Orb. Yeah. Okay, tell us a little <laughs> bit about what Shells Orb is.
0: Yeah, so Shells Orb is the, uh, the highest quality and most intricate NFT project ever to be put onto the, the blockchain. Uh, we have about 300 gigabytes of uh, png images stored on, on ipfs and we have the most traits of any collection of, of our size so there's 2500 traits in in the collection it took our team of eight artists about six months to draw like the entire collection everything everything's hand drawn uh, so in, in comparison board a on this website called Trade Sniper, which is like how you determine rarity, the maximum uh, rarity is like three and a half, and our minimum rarity is three hundred and fifty. So the the collection's about a hundred times more rare than uh, than Board API Club. Okay. So- sorry, guys. <laughs> Got it.
1: Okay, so it's a rare collection. Um, so when when did you found or when did you create this collection?
0: So the the project started about a year and a half ago and i i was uh living out in los angeles and a buddy of mine who's a director producer came to me with this movie idea called uh the black turtle and so i was like okay yeah i'll 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 produce this is a pretty good movie idea i went to one of my friends i was like hey i'm I'm working on this movie she's like oh i'll put in 25 grand i go oh shit really okay And then, okay so now i have 25 grand and i'm like Fuck. well like well, what do i what do i what do i do with this like like i can't make a movie with 25 grand right i need to like multiply this money and so nfts you know i'd sort of known about them and i was working for some companies that kind of did nfts i was like all right i'll i'll do i'll do a project and maybe we'll raise some money and we'll be able to make a movie with with that money and so we started this kind of project uh, about, about Turtles, and uh, we since dropped it from from that uh, original movie, and sort of created it, it's, its own IP as it evolved, and we attracted um, Voyager, who's our lead artist. He used to work on Magic the Gathering, League of Legends, and he was a voted uh, Adobe 25 under 25. So we found him, he submitted um, this kind of like iconic drawing of what became Shell's Orb, And then we realized that these NFTs take a really long time to draw. And so we hired a bunch more artists and ended up uh, launching a pre-sale out in the bear market, uh, August 10th of 2022. It was uh, a crazy ride as, you know, many of the people that were in NFTs in that year. It was like peak, peak bull market, collections selling out at 1 ETH. Uh, a piece, you know, raising $25 million on on a collection, you know, big brands like Azuki came out of that time. And then we had, you know, uh, ApeCoin. uh, And then the the Terra Luna crash. And so what sort of happened was the Terra Luna crash drove Ethereum all the way down to like about 800 bucks. People hated nfts they you know they, they really like sort of like did, didn't want to touch them a lot of companies went belly up i remember you know we were just at uh vcon uh last week or so the year before i was literally hanging out with one of my buddies it was like a big nft influencer dude this guy hunter oral and he got a call um from a guy and he sort of like looked sad on the phone and then he comes back over and he's like that was the third friend that called me this week that they just shut down their project done closed closed the doors right because a lot of people didn't manage their treasuries properly right they were they were if, if you held ethereum and you held ethereum from 3500 all the way down to 800 <laughs> I mean you don't have to be a mathematician to know that that's like a huge shrink like taking a 75% hit on your principal balance of company funds is absolutely wild but it created a really interesting opportunity inside of the market for a company like ours to sort of like I guess, you know, rise to the top and, and succeed. Because since there was so many projects that died, the projects that were left and were still doing stuff and the um, the community managers that were working on projects, trying to suss out things and, and come up with stuff to sort of like whitelists and whatnot to give to their communities. All of that dried up. And so when we came with our project and, and that offering, they started to say yes. And our project, you know, went from 5,000 followers on Twitter to like a peak of 80,000. And I don't know. Three weeks or something Mm -hmm. and then we were able to sell out in in just under two hours uh, or I'm sorry just over two hours and And this was
1: all during the bear market
0: so we so yeah exactly we sold out on a a, uh, August 11th I'm sorry August 10th 2022 we were supposed to be the first project to launch on Binance's decentralized exchange but CZ never launched the decentralized exchange and so we ended up just minting that day um, on our own sort of proprietary website and there were five other projects that day that didn't sell out. And I think 80 or 90% of the projects that month also failed to sell out.
1: So what was it about Shell's orb that, you know, allowed it to be such a success in a bear market?
0: So we, we focused um, A1 on quality, right? And so a lot of projects they launch you know the 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 realm or the meta of, of a 10k collection with 200 or 300 traits. we went and you know we 10 xed that we you, know, everything everything i've done in my entire career i've wanted it to be super high quality right so like we, when we filmed the podcast and whatnot you know i had thirty thousand dollars of camera gear right you know much much like a similar setup to what we're what we're sort of like working on right here right 4k video like really like good quality lenses and so i took that sort of mentality and i applied it to the nft project and since it took us so long to launch people knew about us right we were actively talking with people in inside inside of the community and we developed this this mantra of launch whenever you want, I'm minting. Like the quality is just that good. Like I want it because of the art. I want it because you're actually going to deliver to me something that I'm going to like.
1: Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about traits because I think this is an important part of Shell's orb and the collection. So let's just back up a little bit for people that are just entering the web three space So what does it mean for NFTs to have traits and why is that important?
0: Yeah. So traits, you know, okay, so in in crypto, you have your your fungible coins, and then you have your non-fungible. Non-fungible means 100% unique, right? And the uniqueness is the picture and the traits. So you can have different rarities inside of traits. For instance, if I have, 3D glasses, right? There might only be a hundred instances out of, you know, ten thousand 3D glasses inside of this collection. In certain collections, that might be pretty rare. Um, and so, when there's these algorithms inside of these tools um, that sort of like calculate what rarity is, the traits and how many of them in the collection make up what's called this rarity score and the top 10% of most collections is quote unquote, like the most desirable part of an NFT collection. And it's what collectors will pay typically more for. So if an NFT is trading at, you know, 0.1, roughly 200 bucks, they might pay close to an ETH 10 X, maybe 20 X for an NFT that is in, you know, the top 10% or the top 5% or the top 1%, right, of, you know, it's basically something that doesn't look like what everybody else has. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're using these, these profile, these PFPs, profile pictures, as digital identities. And even though you're a part of a community, you want to, sort of set yourself apart and be able to brag about i have the different one right or i have i have this you know in in nfts we have we call it grails right this is a the grail nft right like in in the board ape collection there's gold apes and they're grails right because there's not too many of them and they sell for a 20x multiple on what a, just a, like a base sort of board ape mm-hmm. sells for. Right. And that traits are what sort of like make it up.
1: Right. So, what are your thoughts on the NFT market today? Because, you know, you've been in this industry for a while and I have also. And we saw this period of time when artwork NFTs were the thing and people were spending so much money to acquire them. And now we're kind of at a point and maybe. Maybe uh, you you think differently, but maybe we're at a point where it's like we're still seeing artwork NFTs, but a lot of it is focused on utility now. What are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think I'm wrong or right, or you know, do you agree with me? Do you think artwork NFTs
0: are still a thing? So, you, our artwork, artwork is a thing, right? Artwork will will never die, right? As time goes on, I believe, you know, most art and good art uh, appreciates and sometimes that happens because less of it is on the market, right? So as an art NFT first sort of launches, there's tons of people selling this stuff and reselling it and trying to make a quick buck, etc. But then a year later, typically it's not as many. So sometimes it can sort of like go up in value because there's just not that many sellers. And you get one piece of news or one little like kind of pump all of a sudden everybody's uh, excited about it again, but maybe 50% of your holders like their NFT and they don't want to get rid of it. Or they forgot about it. Or they left or, or you know they they left the space or it might be the middle of the summer and they're on summer vacation with their family. So no, the price just, you know, like tripled, but they're not going to sell that NFT, so it might triple again. Or am I ten X, etc. There's there's just like a whole slew of things that 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 go into what values and an NFT, right? A lot of the time, and you know, like something that we prided ourselves in was building building a community and having you know people chatting on Discord, and you know, we have moderators and community managers and i sort of you know i watch you know sometimes you know like what you know the how, like how these guys communicate with the with the members and, and and whatnot and people just want to talk about real stuff you know they want to talk about you know they got a new car or you know their girlfriend's upset or their boyfriend's upset or they you, they went to work today and people you know, people just want to have a home, right? And, you know, we have one channel in our Discord that always has people talking in the VC. It's called Games and Chill, right? Always playing League of Legends or, you know, whatever, what Counter-Strike, Fortnite, whatever, whatever the game is of, of the day, but they're just always in there just hanging out and, and chilling. And, you know, that's what I think community is sort of built on. Utility, it's it's got it's got strange sort of terms in, in this kind of a market, right? I think a lot of NFT projects likely won't provide much utility sort of like moving forward. They might provide access, but I have a feeling that like the upcoming meta might be utility consolidation because during the bull run, I think a lot of projects focused on doing all sorts of utility, right? And not really having like, kind of like focused utility. But I think, I think that people or that NFT projects and the founders will start to focus on the things that they're actually good at and then provide that back to their holders. You know, one, one good example is alpha groups, right? These are like, you know, sometimes like token-gated communities where the founder does a lot of research on NFTs or does a lot of research on stocks and just provides this information to the holders year-round, right? That's good utility. Why? Because this person's being authentic. They're being genuine. They're not giving you something that might disappear in the future. If you get into a collection because of airdrops or because of giveaways, that stuff isn't necessarily sustainable, right? The airdrops are going to go away at some point. You know, as we see with, uh, you know, like Bored Ape Yacht Club, the the airdrop sort of meta is like the cadence is slowing down, mm-hmm. right? Because they, they're sort of like running out of things that they can give to the community, right? Azuki. They airdropped beans and then they haven't done anything for almost a year, right? That community happens to be thriving, maybe, be, probably just because the floor price tends to sort of like bounce around at, at, at a high level. So people still talk about it and they still scalp it and they still arbit and they still trade it. But, you know, we're working on uh, a, an upcoming drop, um, you know, at, at the art studio and we're, gonna focus the drop on only having one piece of utility this utility is a pass to get into parties that's it and then we'll throw parties and if you have certain traits at that party you get certain upgrades and perks so right like let's say you have a you know this rare sword at this party you know you get a table with a bottle right if, and all you have to do is go and like you know like download, uh, you know, Token Proof app. You just had Fonz on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Fonz might be on the last episode.
1: <laughs> I think Fonz is going to be on the episode before this one. But anyways, yeah. I, I,
0: you know, I don't, I don't. You know, if you go in chronological order, I don't know.
1: Right. right. We'll figure it out. I'll figure it out.
0: Um, just make sure to upload it. You know, not as uh, children content.
1: Right. Because as we were discussing before this conversation, I've been uploading all of the YouTube videos. <laughs> For children, because I think it's interesting. (laughs) I think children need to learn about Web3. But as you've stated, this is not a cartoon.
0: No, this is not a cartoon. I don't think that four-year-olds need to be learning about the blockchain just yet. They want to watch, you know, a Pudgy Penguin. You know, like if Pudgy Penguin did did a show, maybe that would be for children.
1: Yeah, definitely. And
0: they were talking about ABCs and numbers and... Cars and rocket ships and you and B know.
1: is for Bitcoin and B <laughs> you know E is for Ethereum B
0: is for Bitcoin yeah. It's good enough for me I
1: think you should work with them on this project Jameson and, ooh, s- ooh, and ooh, sing ooh,
0: that song who Bitcoin <laughs> the,
1: the pudgy penguins the pud- should pudgy should make a cartoon dude,
0: dude pudgy penguins though
1: yeah let's talk about pudgy penguins what what,
0: what a comeback Luca this guy you know it, it's it's interesting so he bought the pudgy penguins. I don't know cl- close to a year ago he took their instagram from not that many followers started posting every day all these like happy cute, cute videos grew the thing to a half a million i think he's got one of the strongest instagram pres- presences of any nft web3 brand and then sold half a million dollars of plush toys to, to amazon in one day And i don't know if they're keep selling but you know we were at vcon and I don't, you probably yeah. saw them. I maybe, got a
1: free pudgy penguin you, toy. You got like a, a you, stuffed penguin thing.
0: So I, I try to take home a, as least merch as possible yeah. f- from these events yeah. because I travel with this carry on that just can't really fit anything else in it. Yeah. And I'm a bit of a nomad. So, you know, I, I don't really need the plush t- t- pudgy. Right. If, I, if I was going home, maybe I'd put it on a shelf or something right. like that. But it's more important to me that people like you got some plush pudgies. Yeah.
1: Well, also, like going back to <laughs> pudgy penguin, right? I'm... I'm okay, yes. Pudgy the, penguin. The pudgy penguin. Yes. Is
0: and it then there's just, little pudgy penguins too. They're much more affordable.
1: Oh, okay. Got it. Oh, let's... We can also talk about that as well. But before we get into the more affordable collections, um, is there utility behind pudgy penguins or are they just simply artwork in FT's?
0: So, they, they, they are artwork. And I don't know... What the deal with these plushies and the Pudgy Penguins sort of has to do, but I do know that they have a strong community. So they have a lot of people on the inside that they just love hanging out with their with their in that Pudgy Penguins community. They love repping it as a profile picture. They love using it as their as their digital identity. And you, they all, Pudgy Penguins also throws parties at you know a couple times a year at Web three uh, events. And so, you know that that's utility. I don't know. I don't know if they've gamified it too much, but the utility. And what's interesting about these pudgy plushies is that each pudgy plushie comes with a pack of traits. And so now you can take this pack, open it up like a like a digital baseball card, um, you know, sort of pack. And in the future, or or right now, I'm I'm not sure the timing on the actual web development, but you'll be able to take these traits and put them onto, like a, like a new digital collectible, mm. and trade them with your friends or whatever. But essentially, I you know I think what Luca is doing amazing is he's onboarding people that might have just felt fallen in love with this pudgy meme, mm-hmm. you know, half a million people, and now giving them. Whether they know it or not, a digital asset.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, when they find out in a year that you know their super rare Halo hat that they got is worth five thousand dollars, they might be onboarded for life. Right. Whoa. Right. Whoa. Yeah. Like this. What are you talking about? And they're gonna and they're gonna tell all their friends, and when they tell all their friends. It's going to be really good for Web3 and blockchain as a whole. I I really do believe in, you know, the quote unquote Web2 to Web3 onboarding process. And Mm -hmm. I think companies that are going to find actual revenue streams and non-residual only revenue streams will... They, they they, will be the companies that probably are able to withstand the volatility of our markets.
1: Mm-hmm. Banksa is the leading crypto on and off ramp solution. Through an extensive and growing network of global and local payment solutions and regulatory licenses, Banksa helps businesses provide seamless integration of crypto and fiat for global audiences safely and compliantly with lower fees and higher conversion rates. For more information on how to integrate Banksa into your project or product, visit Banksa.com. It's interesting. This whole conversation has been interesting because... I feel like a lot of the time I'm in here talking to people about NFTs with real world utility, like, and you mentioned, you know, the parties and you're coming out with a collection for that. Um, But I think that this conversation solidifies the fact that artwork NFTs are not dead. No. Like they're very much alive. And I think from what I've been hearing lately, a lot of people are down on artwork NFTs because of the market. But at the end of the day, from what you're saying, it sounds like NFT art, you know, pieces of art are still there, and they will continue to increase in value.
0: Yeah, and and you also, you know, you so there there's another category of, of NFT art which is I think is super important, and that's historical NFT art. So, for instance, uh, CryptoKitties, historical NFT art, right? The first sort of on-chain breeding NFT, CryptoPunks, were. I believe, and I, and I could be wrong. The the first quote unquote NFT stored 100% on chain, no link to another image, right? Fully not immutable. Like you can't change it. The CryptoPunks, the CryptoPunk. Um, at things like Fidenza's, you know, uh, Tyler Hobbs, and a lot of the uh, the art that uh, is fully 100% generated by a computer and the blockchain and data on the blockchain. Um, Art blocks is sort of like the main place where these essentially like computer algorithms are stored and then sold as NFTs on, on the blockchain based off of the data from the mint, you know, based off of, you know, your wallet address could be included and And maybe that sort of the other information inside of that block could be included. And so some of the earlier ones on those, um, I think, are 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 pretty cool. And now you have uh, Bitcoin ordinals.
1: Right. I'm glad you brought that up. E R
0: C 20s.
1: Yeah. Explain that, by the way, for for our listeners that may not be aware.
0: By the way, that one went off. Oh, oh, that's the one that's on. Oh, he's doing live switching. Oh, that's cool.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Alex. Oh, shout, shout out to Alex shout for to being Alex awesome. Over there doing
0: doing <laughs> the live switching. What, what, what? Oh, it's on you now. You're scared. Sk- oh, man, that's cool. Cool, okay. We're in a real movie studio. We
1: are, we are, thanks to Alex. (laughs) But on that note, let's talk about Bitcoin Ordinals. So explain what a Bitcoin ordinal is, and then uh, yeah, we can go from there.
0: Yeah, so essentially uh, the smallest unit of Bitcoin is is a Satoshi. So a Satoshi is like one millionth of, of a Bitcoin, right? And so somebody figured out not too long ago that you can store data on this, like, w- smallest unit of, of, a, of a Bitcoin. And somebody figured out a, you know, sort of like a protocol to put that data on there and store a JPEG or a PNG or whatever kind of pixelated image it is. Now, you can't store anything that's really all of that high quality, but you can store a really low resolution image of almost anything, so... Projects like DGods took, you know, 537 of their burned NFTs and released them as ordinals. They did. They they sold them for, I believe, half a bitcoin each, or uh, m- maybe a little bit more than half a half a bitcoin, and raised five million dollars.
1: When was this?
0: This was just two months ago. It was right around the time of ETH Denver.
1: Okay. Oh, great. Right, right. Okay. So like March. March is Yeah. Year. Yeah.
0: And so um the D guides or the, the BTC D guides. They actually are under 100 100,000 inscriptions. Since then, there's been just about, or I believe, over 9 million NFTS minted on on that blockchain, which is insane. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about you know, provenance and, and historical value. It's quite interesting because you go to the... I believe right now that there wasn't marketplaces for a while and now Magic Eden has kind of been the place yeah. where you can go and you can buy and sell ordinals. Right. But the provenance is really strict now. So you have... They, they call the earliest ones the most rare, which I think is a little bit backwards, right? It means that new NFTs and new NFT collections can't really come into the mix and have a, a, a provenance by the way it's being sort of circulated or 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 structured now right because I can't go and mint an under 1000 inscription I can't go and mint an under 1 million inscription now we're up to 9 million if I go you know I've got you know 400 burned NFTs in my collection right and shells orb i could go and mint them to btc but will it matter anymore hmm. and 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 that i don't know and for all intensive purposes and this may be incredibly unpopular opinion what is being minted to the bitcoin blockchain is not art
1: and so what is it
0: it's really low resolution crappy jpegs okay they are low quality files, and I'll tell you, like, tell us how you
1: feel, Jameson. Here's no,
0: no, no. <laughs> here's here's the example, okay? Yeah. So, you we'll use uh, D Gods as a, as a great example. Shout out to Frank. He is a, he is a good founder. You're doing a great job. But the NFTs that are actually minted on Ordinals are really low quality. Like you could barely tell that they're a D God. But then on Magic Eden it says d gods with the number Mm -hmm. from the original collection Mm -hmm. and then it has the image from the original collection so it shows up on magic eden as something that is actually not it's this low resolution image of a d god and then on magic eden it you they're selling something that's almost a lie i think Interesting. Now this is unpopular opinion. Yeah, no, and there's that's gonna good. be a lot of BTC guys that are like, Jameson, JMO, you're an idiot, you're crazy, right? This is provenance, but it's just true.
1: So okay, let's let's go back a step. Is it are these low quality images because the Bitcoin blockchain cannot support high quality images as of now?
0: So everything comes down to, when you, when you do something on chain, uh-huh. it all comes down to uh, how much space you take up on chain. Yeah. And the more space, the more expensive. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to store something really high quality on, uh, on, on Bitcoin, A1, there's like a limit to how high the block is, to like how much data you can actually put into a, a Satoshi. But the more data you put in, the more you spend so the more the more expensive it is to write it to the blockchain and to get it on there bigger files are also harder to get validated right so you might have problems uploading them um but yeah it, it it would just be more expensive so i'm you know the the guys that are out there minting these things right now i'm pretty sure they're doing it you know quote unquote the correct way but it's just not the highest quality yeah. art art in the world and there might become generative art yeah right and maybe there's like this sort of art blocks style movement that happens with with the brc20 protocol but you know only only time will tell
1: right i also think you know it's dividing the bitcoin community some people <laughs> are very critical of what's happening and some people are very excited about it so i mean I feel like ordinals, what they've been around for like a few years, but now they're just now coming to fruition and everybody's talking about them. And we'll see, you know, we just have to wait and see if, if they advance or if it just kind of dies out.
0: Bitcoin has by far the most quote unquote maxis. So I think Bitcoin ordinals are, are not really going anywhere. Mm-hmm. They're now, the tools are now there for them to be you know, readily accessible to fairly non-technical people. And that's when you thats when you see like capitulations in like the number of mints, right? When something's really hard to do, and I experienced this in music because I was a DJ back in the day. But when something's hard to do, there's not that many people that do it. And then as technology advances, right? More and more people can do it. And then it becomes... I guess, quote unquote, less cool or and or harder to stand out. Mm -hmm. Right? Because if everybody can do something, why are you actually special? Right. You know, like, so I'll, and, you know, I'll use another example the example when I was DJing. So I started DJing in, I don't know, 2002 or something. I started working in nightlife when I was 14 years old. And back then you had to practice to be a DJ. There was no automatic beat matching. There was no, there's nothing called, you know, like sync, right? If you were a bad DJ, you didn't get the job, right? And so you had to practice, put blood, sweat, tears, learn, remember tracks, remember music, find music, right? I spent, you know, probably 20 hours a week preparing to go to a nightclub and DJ for two to four hours right just getting ready just being in it now you know somebody could go and sort of download the top 100 tracks on beatport go to a party and DJ they don't like the software does everything for you mm-hmm. so therefore you know there's a lot more people there's a lot more DJs there's a lot more noise to cut through if you want to be the best The cream of the crop you know outstanding novel etc and and that's you know where i believe you know bitcoin ordinals is at and probably nfts in general Mm -hmm. right or that's where we were at the end of the bull market right we sort of saw the flushing of all these crap projects um come through but What's interesting is that something's come back. Meme coins. Meme coin, it, it is literally like altcoin spring. So, Jameson,
1: let's talk about meme coins. I'm glad you brought this up. What is a <laughs> meme coin? And I you know, I think I'm going to write a book of all this terminology so people can just understand. So, yeah, what is a meme coin?
0: First of all, I think it should be a children's book
1: with meme coins.
0: Or the book? With, no, the a terminology. Oh right, it, yeah. It, it should be it should be a term, um, and big thick paper, <laughs> you know, so so that it doesn't rip easily because kids have fragile fingers, and it should it should you know for children so that people can get their child like my first cryptocurrency book.
1: Yeah, terms. It's Ter- a great idea.
0: Yeah, and like, could you imagine, like, a little, you know, four year old running around, mommy, mommy. I need Satoshi's. I need Satoshi's. <laughs> mommy, mommy, I want an NFT.
1: Mommy, I want an NFT. I feel like the people that you and I know have kids that are already doing this. I feel like. Oh. I I don't have kids, so I don't know, but.
0: I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Have, I don't. I don't have kids either, uh, that I know of. <laughs> but ev- everybody, everybody that works for blockchain. me has kids. <laughs> Every yeah. like literally almost everybody in my community has has kids. Yeah, and you know we were just at Vcon a year before. I met um I met I met a gentleman there, and, and we went out to dinner, and he really made me realize that NFTs like the I know mean, obviously they're they're ageless, right? There's people that are 14, like my homie Nick Smalls, aka my son, sort of, not really um you know that that are that are in NFTs and then there's 45 35 60 year old people but the where 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 in NFTs become interesting are your 35 to 55 year old range because this is when as you know humans we have the most disposable income and the least things to do with it hmm. right we're no longer like going out with friends or whatever. We kind of like stay home with the family. You know, we have a couple, you know, maybe a couple thousand dollars extra each month, which we didn't have when we were in our 20s. And we could spend them on really dumb things like JPEGs, (laughs) which by the way, they're not dumb. They're wonderful. They're beautiful. It's art. But you know, what 20 year old is going to go out and spend you know, $300 on an NFT when, you know, they need that money for lunch or for beer or pot or whatever else. All
1: the important elements of life. Uh, uh, yeah. What, what, whatever
0: else you need in, to get pot. yourself through college <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to the end.
1: Um, okay. Jameson, back to meme coins. What is a meme coin?
0: So a meme coin is an ERC-20 token that has absolutely no utility whatsoever none
1: example
0: zero no use case pepe Pe- okay okay pepe, pepe is that's a new one that's that frog pepe is pepe is the little frog um the we pepe is probably one of the most popular memes in uh in in nfts in crypto i i believe it started as btc pepe's okay. a, a very long time ago and there's been multiple pepe collections my fa- one of my favorite gifs is actually a gif of this little pepe dancing Maybe so, we
1: can throw that up on the yeah on the video. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I actually recreated it for our own collection. I made a little turtle dancing. Oh, cool! Because it, it just made me happy every single time that that I looked at it. The most popular meme coin was Doge.
1: Right, and I was, and but it has like value, but it started no. off with no value.
0: No, it has no value. It still has no value. I it, don't know what Doge is at right now. There, well, <laughs> I don't. It, it has, it has value. But there's like not a real use case. Yeah. There's nothing that you could really do with it. It just sort of lives on Ethereum and you can trade it back and forth. Excuse me. And you can trade it back and forth, but people can't do that much with it. Right. I mean, Elon really wants to bring it back and he wants you to be able to, you know, like pay people in Dogecoin. But is that really going to happen? I, you know like is is that like it's not a main coin it's still an altcoin yeah and see the thing the thing about alt, or the difference between a meme coin and an altcoin uh-huh an altcoin actually has an ecosystem that it benefits right right so uh
1: like you, algorand.
0: algorand algo right you have algo or you have matic yeah. on polygon right Matic is the ecosystem token. You need this token to do things in that ecosystem. Right. And so the value comes from the demand of these tokens to be used inside of the ecosystem. Meme coins don't have that. There's no demand for them to be used inside of an ecosystem. There's just speculation, FOMO, and... Uh, hype
1: yeah no i'm really glad you explained that you actually explained it very very well giving those examples um dogecoin back to that it was like in 2017 or 2018 i'm blanking on his name but i met him at a conference elon no not elon uh, who created dogecoin oh i don't know okay so him i'm blanking on it he his didn't name.
0: take it to 80 cents
1: he told Elon me, did. Right, right. <laughs> he told me Dogecoin was created as a joke, like correct. Like it was just. It's like Shibu Inu, right? Like the it, dog.
0: Also a joke. Super cute. Sure.
1: Right, but it's like <laughs> it was all a joke, and then all of a sudden, and it wasn't benefiting any ecosystem, and then all of a sudden, like Elon Musk started tweeting about it, and it blew up. Hype. Right, hype. Supply, so these are supply meme and coins. demand. So
0: Sup- right. So, so like the meme coin industry is is super interesting because it's like supply, demand, hype, liquidity, right? And so some of these coins, they only have a couple million dollars of liquidity, which means if you want to buy a million dollars of these coins and you successfully get into a million dollar position, you've driven the price up by maybe two, three, 4X, 10X, 20X. So you you can see these like really wild sp- swings in the price because there's just not that much utility uh, i'm sorry liquidity now you compare that to something like ethereum right if i want to swap you know like usdc stablecoin to ethereum and i want to swap you know 15 million dollars of it i can do that with like less than you know probably less than a 0.5 percent slippage Slippage is the, the difference between the price you think you're going to get and the price that you get because of the volume of, of the transaction. Because liquidity pools are based on these curves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the average price per coin that, that you actually pay. Mm-hmm. But meme coins, you can you can really, with a little bit of money, you could really up the trajectory.
1: Right. I mean, I could create a meme coin. Anybody could create a meme coin. You could. Yeah, I could create one based off of like my Bijan, Cammy, or yeah, Wolf Token. Wolf Token. Right.
0: And we could drive it to the moon.
1: You think? Yeah. We should do an experiment. We
0: we we could we could create Wolf Token. It literally creating an ERC twenty token is right now one of the. I mean, it's it's super easy. Anyone can do it. How do you do it? There there's there's literally websites that just kind of of. help you
1: and then you just like put it out into the world on Twitter and stuff
0: correct and then and then you know you you know you apply certain mechanics to it Um, you create a website you say why this thing is going to go to the moon or not to the moon Mm -hmm. and then if you get enough people to talk about it for instance you know there's there's one that just launched called love
1: Mm, I haven't heard of it I haven't heard of that I
0: I think I think something like Two hundred fifty-three thousand mentions of Dollar Love. Okay. In the last, I don't know, some ho- ho- however many days it, mm-hmm. it it just launched. I actually got pitched it. Yeah. For our community. Okay. And I said no. Uh huh. I can't bring this garbage to our community. And I maybe I should have maybe I should have given it to our community, t- taking some of these love tokens and uh, spread I, the love. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I could be rich right now. Maybe. You know, maybe I could buy a house in Austin or like a big private yacht or, you know, hang you know, something that can compete with Jeff Bezos out there in you know, Sancho Pay or something. This
1: just shows the power of meme coins. But before (laughs) before we got started with our podcast conversation here, you mentioned something like NF meme coins are going away. Like, is that what you said? Oh,
0: yeah. So it was interesting. You know, we're, we're filming this podcast at the end of May. I believe it's the last day in May. Yes, today. So you might be seeing this in about know, a month. In about a month. Yeah. But for the last month, pretty much all of May, meme coins have been in season. Hmm. And since meme coins have such a large supply and can have so many transactions, Gwei, which is the um, the unit of gas measurement on the Ethereum blockchain, um, and it's sort of like the price. It's called G- gas the higher GUE is, the higher gas you have to pay and the more in dollars and Ethereum it costs to process a transaction. GUE was like over 100. Hmm. Um, it, it rarely dipped below 60 for, for, a, for a while, which by the way is good for the Ethereum blockchain because now under proof of stake protocol, it is actually slightly deflating and we're burning more Ethereum every single day because all of that gas that you spend actually just disappears. It gets burned it's gone forever hmm. no more guay like all of the like that 15 dollars you paid to purchase an nft and transfer it to your wallet it's gone goes to nobody just burned mm-hmm. disappears
1: mm-hmm. so basically in june june will not be the month of meme coins is what you're predicting or it, moving forward right no more meme coins or? I,
0: so guay is starting to like go down a little bit right? It's, you know, I think, you know, we were at, we were hitting 30s, today we're at 60, etc. And I think that people are just forgetting about it. And one of the reasons why I think meme coin season is over is because there's a lot of NFT collections this week that are pumping. And so there, there's collections that are up 20, 30, 40% this week. And that tells me you know, meme coin season is over. During other seasons, liquidity is really low. Like during, you know, some of these black swan events like Terra Luna and the FTX crash, liquidity in NFTs just goes out the roof. And if there's no buyers, the floor price just keeps going down because sellers want to get out. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you can have collections go down, 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 down until the buyers return and they're like, oh, let me sweep up all these cheap. NFTs Gas is reasonable again. Um, uh. So
1: what are your thoughts on, I actually wanted to ask you this before, but then we got sidetracked. Your thoughts on collections, and I'm wondering if Shell's Orb is going to do this, where there's like a main collection, but then there's a more affordable collection. Um, What are your thoughts on that? And do you have plans to do that with Shell's Orb?
0: Yeah, so... (laughs) You know, we launched in the in the bear market, and Shell's Orb already became became an affordable collection. <laughs> you know, it it dips down to prices of like fifty bucks, sixty bucks. We didn't have the bull run mentality, or the or the, sort of like the bull run hype, etc. Like surrounding us, and we also, you know, we didn't have any crazy pedigree founders or pedigree team that kind of would have like helped boost us up. We didn't use any influencers in order to launch. We just did a lot of partnerships Partnered to 250 projects pre-launch to go and we're flipping the script. So a lot of, uh, a lot of projects created these like more affordable, um, collections and we're actually going the other way. So we're going to create a more rare, less affordable collection because our original collection is already affordable. So the, the tracks is our next collection. Um, you know related and unrelated it's these two competing worlds in in an ecosystem for our television show where shells which are turtles they live above ground and the tracks they're humanistic characters and they they live below ground so we're now going to have two collections of these two characters that are uh, going into this animated series that uh, the niece brothers of uh, Netflix's uh, show Umbrella Academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a number one hit show. Yeah, I watched it. And so they're executive producers. They're writing a show for us. As soon as the WGA Writers Guild Association uh, goes off of strike, we will be going to the networks and, and and pitching this TV show. But you know, we did a lot of in in this bear market. I went through. So we started producing this uh, this next collection uh, a year ago. Literally, like before we even launched Shells, we were producing this collection that's coming out in June. And just to show you how long it really takes to make the art, I we went through so many different mechanics of how to put this thing out. And it really only makes sense to create really limited supply. I think we're going to do about 1,000 or 1,500 tokens. Um, and we're just going to make it, really 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 rare cool and so shells orb will be the cheap affordable collection maybe or maybe it'll go up in value i don't know but we're we're just going to try something different
1: yeah awesome well i'm excited (laughs) for that yeah um good to know so we've got to wrap things up. I mean, I could talk to you for hours, and yeah, unfortunately, I hate being told to wrap it up. Yeah, it sucks. But before we do, <laughs> before we do wrap it up, you can come back, Jameson. We can talk That's more what she about. Said. Yeah, I know. We can talk more about NFTs. <laughs> but um, what about your mustache? So wait, let me just tell. Let me just tell a really funny story. So, I meet a lot of people. But I remembered meeting you in Vegas last year, yeah. mainly because well, your personality. But
0: I happen to have one. Yeah, a- NFTs f- in Web three.
1: Yeah, that's, it's rare to find. It's super rare. <laughs> rare to find that's, out. The, that's
0: the real. That's the real rarity right there. Right,
1: that's true. Um, but you have this mustache, which if people are watching the YouTube, they can see it. So, what's the the story behind it?
0: So, I. In 2015, I was going over to Europe um, and I found these flights through Moscow for like 300 bucks round trip to Berlin. I wanted to go to Berlin and and Germany for, you know, kind of like winter, like New Year's and stuff. And so I'm going to Russia. And and at this time, you know, there's no war there or anything yet. But I'm like, you know, I really don't want to look like an American. How am I gonna how am I gonna avoid looking like an American? And so I thought to myself, well, let me grow a beard. So I start growing this beard. I come back to the States. I move to Los Angeles where beards are really popular. And 2015 was like the year of the Instagram beard. And I'm meeting all these dudes and they've all got like really great beards and tattoos and they're ripped and I start hashtagging beard gang on on Instagram, and all of a sudden, my like two thousand followers goes to twenty thousand, and I am like, "Holy shit! This is a, this is amazing! This is crazy! Wow!" And so one day, I am with my girlfriend at the time, we're driving around, and I am like, "You know, I've seen these guys with these like mustaches that sort of like go like this. I think they do it with mustache wax. Let's go find some." So we ended up finding some mustache wax. And I started, it was pretty long at the time and I just started twirling it up and people used to come up to me and say, Hey, like nice beard. And they stopped saying nice beard. They started saying, Hey, nice mustache. And after people just sort of saying nice mustache for long enough, I just got rid of the beard and the mustache stayed. I shaved it off once or twice, but you know, just like you were able to remember me because of the mustache in times when you're going to these conferences and, you know, like one of the ways that I promote web three and I promote what we're doing is, is going to conferences. It really helps to be remembered. It really help. you know, being kind and being a good person is also a requirement and doing cool shit is also a requirement. But if you're in any way remotely, Rememberable, and you know you have great wardrobe choices.
1: Thank you. Um, I put a lot of time and effort into that. When
0: we were met, when we when we met, I mistaked her uh, because I saw her badge. It said Rachel uh, Walton. I thought, but it really said Rachel Wolfson. Yeah. And so that's why I sort of like went up to her, but she was wearing this beautiful white dress, and I was like, oh, okay, this chick is dope. She doesn't look like you know just every ordinary crypto nerd in, in a in a black <laughs> hoodie. Um, you know, maybe she's interesting, right? Or, or I'll remember her and that's, that's really important. So I brought the mustache back for crypto and, and these events and it helps. Yeah. It really does.
1: Yeah. No, I actually like that. It's a good way to end this show because, you know, (laughs) I think we should have like these words of wisdom. And I mean, seriously, I meet so many people as do you and people will like message me the next day. I'm like. Who are you? But people with certain traits and qualities like the NFT collection that stand out, I remember them. So your mustache, great idea. Lesson, moral of the story. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jameson. So if our listeners want to get in touch with you or chat with you or talk to you about your mustache, where do they go?
0: Uh, so you could find me on on Twitter, uh, Jamison Hill, J-A-M-I-E-S-O-N-H-I-L-L. Uh, also on Instagram, same handle. I'm not on TikTok. Me either. Yeah. I think you could, you know, you could, you could, if you get into my Discord via at Shellzorb, S H E L L Z O R B, and you follow the link there, you can get into the Discord and you can try to chat with me in there if, if I uh, miss your calls. Or um, you, on Twitter, you could do notify all. And you should show up to uh, like some of my Twitter spaces and request up and we could have a, a live in-person, or not in person, but a live in virtual person, in the metaverse conversation.
1: <laughs> right. In the metaverse. <laughs> in the metaverse. That's a more proper way of saying.
0: It. <laughs> cool.
1: Okay. Well thanks, Jameson.
0: Thanks, Rachel. Thanks. Bye guys.
1: Thank you to Web3 Deep Dive's executive producer, Deanna Dial Wursta. Thank you to Web3 Deep Dive's director, Alex Wilcox, and thank you to Web3 Deep Dive's producer, Mark Gamo. I also want to thank Donna Albo for providing the music for this podcast. And of course, thank you to the listeners for joining us for this episode of Web3 Deep Dive. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to like, comment, subscribe, and share so you can help spread the love and get the word out there about Web3 Deep Dive. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks.